0: Welcome to BBC News. I'm Lucy Gray. Moscow has been hosting its annual military parade to commemorate victory over Nazi Germany in the Second World War. In a speech, President Putin has sought once again to link Russia's war in Ukraine to the Soviet struggle against the Nazis. Uh, We can take you to Moscow now. These are live pictures that we're watching now um, of those celebrations. They've been going on for just over an hour now. Um, We've been seeing uh, large numbers of military personnel marching through Red Square there in Moscow. We can have a listen in. President Putin there uh, walking along with other people to lay um, some flowers there. This is the Victory uh, Day celebrations when the Soviet Union celebrates victory over Nazi Germany in 1945. And we can hear a little bit of what President Putin has been saying when he's been addressing the crowds there. President Putin told dignitaries that war was being waged against Russia, despite the fact that he ordered the invasion of Ukraine. Several leaders of former Soviet countries, including those of Belarus and some Central Asian states, have been attending the ceremony. But the parade has been scaled back this year, actually, due to fears of sabotage attacks linked to the war in Ukraine. And some events have been cancelled, including parallel parades in other cities. Let's hear a little bit of that speech. They've forgotten
1: who crushed that monstrous total evil, who formed a war to defend their native land, and didn't spare their own lives for the liberation of the peoples of Europe. We can see how in a number of countries they are ruthlessly and cold-bloodedly destroying monuments to Soviet soldiers, demolishing memorials to great military leaders, creating a genuine cult of Nazis and their accomplices. And they're trying to erase and slander the memory of true heroes. Such a mockery of the feats and sacrifices of the generation who won is also a crime. Overt revanchism from those who were cynically and openly preparing a new campaign against Russia,
0: who collected for this
1: neo-Nazi scum from around the entire world. Their aim, and there is nothing new about this, is to achieve the breakup and destruction of our country cross out the conclusions of World War II and conclusively break the system of global security and international law, and suffocate any sovereign centres of development.
0: So President Putin speaking in Red Square just a short time ago. We can speak now to Edward Lucas, the author of The New Cold War, Putin's Threat to Russia and the West. Um, we just played a little bit there. I don't know how much more of, of the speech that you heard, but what do you make of, of the sentiment? I mean, it's not really anything new, is it, from President Putin that we've been hearing this uh, this Nazism that he keeps talking about?
2: No, it's the same tunes, but played perhaps slightly louder and with a more aggressive beat to them. It's a very well-worn trope for Putin and has actually been for Russia even before Putin took power, that they are the inheritors of the glorious defeat of Nazism in 1945 and that anyone who criticises Russia is therefore a Nazi, which wouldn't pass um, anyone doing GCSE logic, I don't think. Um, But that's, that's the drum they bang and they bang it hard. I think that the interesting thing for um, observers, maybe the rather light international attendance. Russia not exactly surrounded by a large fan club. I don't think there was any any senior dignitary from China came, for example, which one might have expected if one thought that um, China was backing Russia strongly. And of course, over in Ukraine, um, they are celebrating the day before along with the rest of Europe on the 8th of May. It's only the Soviet Union and now Russia and, and some, some of its um, close allies that still celebrate on the 9th because the, the news of the defeat of Nazi Germany crossed the midnight barrier. And it was the 9th of May um, when it arrived in Moscow, although it was the 8th of May for the rest of us.
0: Right. He also said in his uh, speech, all the country is united to support our heroes uh, and that we pray for them. Um, What do you make, is it possible to say at the moment about sentiment in Russia in general, among the the public about the support or otherwise for the war in Ukraine?
2: Well, of course, it is difficult because Russia is not a free country and people are unlikely to give their innermost thoughts to someone they don't, don't know very well who um calls them up over the over the phone um so superficially there's a lot of support for the war and i think that by framing this not as we have a disagreement with ukraine but the world's out to get russia we're encircled and we have to fight back and that we're doing the same thing as our ancestors did um, 80 years previously. I think that's helped gather a bit more patriotic sentiment um, behind the war. And, and and I think in any country when people feel our backs to the wall, we may not like our leader in every respect, but some are under attack, so let's get on and defend it. Um, that's something that one can expect would work in Russia. Too. But the fact is, the war isn't going very well for Putin. They still haven't taken the town of Bakhmut in Ukraine, which they've been on the verge of taking for ages. The conscription is biting, the is in a mess, and there's a sort of cognitive dissonance between what people are seeing on the news about glorious victories and what they're actually experiencing in their, in their everyday lives. So I think that the political situation in Russia is actually um, quite brittle and potentially even unstable. Um, we um, don't know what's going on in that sort of black box inside the Kremlin. Um, but I think it's it's not easy for Putin at the moment and uh, we could well see some unexpected developments um, in the next uh, months or maybe even weeks or days.
0: Right, that's interesting. I was hearing one commentator earlier saying uh, how there was nervousness uh, in Moscow ahead of this parade. Obviously we've seen that some drone attacks recently, haven't we? Particularly the, the one on the Kremlin uh, the other day and there have been oil rigs attacked and, and things like that, haven't there? Or pipelines Um, is there is there a nervousness, do you think? Is it palpable?
2: Yes, I think your um, correspondent, Steve Rosenberg, um, did this brilliantly in a report he did a couple of days ago. So on the surface, everything seems normal. Spring's coming, people going out into the park and getting getting ready for the summer. But underneath, it doesn't feel normal at all. And of course, that drone attack is anything but normal. This is supposed to be um, Ukraine on the verge of defeat. And here they are allegedly trying to mount an assassination attempt on Putin. Now, actually, I rather doubt that that was the Ukrainians. I think it may be part of some murky um, stunt inside the Russian power structures, but it still makes the Russians feel nervous. And I I was also very struck by the fact that the uh, Russian authorities have apparently closed the bridge that leads out of Crimea uh, because um, the Russians living on Crimea are so nervous about the Ukrainian counteroffensive that they want to leave. So it's, it, there's all these unsettling things that are going on that make people feel it's not quite as roses and rainbows the way the Tremlins the, uh, talking about it. And, of course, that filters up the power structure and people start thinking, well, the boss isn't going to be here forever. And when he does go, what happens to me? And should I start making my dispositions Now, uh, we've seen the extraordinary public attack from the leader of the main mercenary army, Yevgeny Prigozhin, um, who in the most blistering terms, which I couldn't possibly repeat on the the BBC, um, uh, had attacked the Russian defence minister because of his shortage of ammunition that his troops were encountering. And then um, said he was going to hand over his bit of the front to the Chechens, who are another sort of independent force. And then suddenly flip-flopped and said, now I've got the ammunition." But this is not the, this is not the the signals that would be sent out by a military machine that's working smoothly, to put it mildly.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Really good to get your thoughts. Uh, thank you, Edward Lucas, there, the author of the, the New Cold War: Putin's Threat to Russia and the West. Uh, let's bring in our correspondent uh, Hugo Bachega in Kiev now, because Hugo, there have been um, There have been attacks, haven't there, on Sunday night uh, in Ukraine. Can you tell us a bit more about what's happened?
3: Yeah, Lucy, so we're seeing now these Victory Day celebrations happening in Moscow. But hours before that, Russia launched another wave of airstrikes, and uh, the Ukrainian military said that Russia uh, had fired uh, 25 cruise uh, missiles, but that 23 of them were intercepted by uh, the country's uh, military. And most of those missiles were aimed at the capital, Kyiv. It was the fifth time in nine days that Kyiv came under attack. And Again, these attacks happening at night. Uh, We heard the air raid alert here in the capital at around four o'clock in the morning. Uh, We heard loud explosions. The authorities said those explosions were the sound of air defense systems that had been activated. Uh, So again, Kyiv coming under attack. We haven't had reports of casualties. No, uh, there has been no extensive damage as a result of these attacks. But uh, this obviously came a day after a large drone attack uh, again targeting kyiv the authorities said uh, there was the uh, largest drone attack on the capital in this war with more than 3 dozen drones that had been fired by russia and what the authorities here are saying is that russia has has been trying to test and exhaust the country's air defense systems with these uh, frequent Attacks And uh, the Ukrainians have been extremely successful in intercepting uh, most of those uh, missiles and drones that have been uh, launched by uh, Russia in uh, recent weeks. And uh, obviously, the background to this is that uh, Ukraine says it's finishing plans for a much anticipated uh, counteroffensive to try to take back territory that's now under Russian occupation. So we've seen that uh, in the last 10 days or so, Russia has intensified the these uh, airstrikes with missiles and drones targeting uh, towns and cities uh, away from the front lines. And this latest wave of attacks happened just hours before these uh, Victory Day celebrations in Moscow.
0: We've been talking for a while about this uh, counteroffensive, which is expected from Ukraine to try to take back territory. Is there any thought about when that might start?
3: Well, I think what we're seeing now is perhaps a, an effort by the Ukrainian authorities to manage expectations. Uh, I think uh, the Ukrainians know that uh, Western countries, everybody, is uh, waiting for this counteroffensive to happen. Uh, I think. There is perhaps the, expectations, uh, the expectation that uh, uh, the Ukrainians uh, are likely to achieve uh, major gains after receiving uh, the military support from uh, Western countries, uh, but what we're seeing now is an effort from high-level officials uh, to uh, manage uh, expectations uh, ahead of this expected counteroffensive.
0: Okay. Thank you very much. Hugo Pachega, for us there, live in Kyiv.